Welcome to Speak the Truth Podcast. And before we get into our next episode, due to the COVID-19 pandemic, the 2020 Call to Council Conference has been rescheduled to September 10th through the 12th. This year's theme and plenary sessions will be situated in the words of Jesus when he proclaimed, the kingdom of God is at hand. The tracks for this year will include introduction to biblical counseling, depression, domestic abuse, post-traumatic stress disorder, anxiety, and marriage. Register today at www.calledtocouncil.com. Welcome to Speak the Truth, a podcast devoted to giving biblical truth for educating, equipping, and encouraging the individual and local church in counseling and discipleship. Hello, hello, hello. We are back in studio. Well, kind of in studio. Yeah. From a, from a distant studio. Yeah, you and I are in studio. Jeremy is with us via Bluetooth on a phone call. Jeremy, how are you, sir? I'm doing good, brother. Yeah, great, sounds, to, great to connect with you guys. Yeah, same here. Sounds pretty crisp, doesn't it? It does. This phone thing is cool. This Roadcaster Pro continues to uh, impress me, and that is in no way because they... Ooh. Sponsor this podcast, but I definitely have to give a shout out to Rode. They did a tremendous work on this Rodecaster Pro mixer. So awesome tool. So So staying indoors, still doing our podcast. Yeah. Yeah. We are staying indoors, but thankfully technology allows us to do quite a bit when we are on lockdown, thankfully. So yeah. And Jeremy, you shared you're doing online counseling now, huh? Yeah, so basically this week I, I transitioned 100% to just uh, seeing people online. And it's something I historically have just avoided, really didn't want to do that. But since doing it, it's been pretty amazing how I can still feel very connected and um, with the people that I'm counseling. And it's been a good experience That's, given the circumstances. It's really cool just to see how technology has allowed us to you know, this is like the, the good part of technology, just allowing us as a church to stay connected and, and to love and encourage one another through this, huh? Absolutely. Yeah, we're, we're even doing that. I'm sure you guys as well, as many are, um, you know, church services online now. Mm-hmm. You just gather the family in front of the uh, laptop or on the TV and there's our pastor. It's pretty amazing, but thankfully we can do that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's changed the way that I'm doing everything too, you know, because the majority of, of my work as a discipleship pastor is everything after Sunday ministry, <laughs> after Sunday service, uh, uh-huh. you know, until Saturday night, so to speak. So it's uh, it's definitely kind of put uh, a lot. So with community group leaders, getting everybody acclimated with Zoom, getting them in that mode. And then a lot of the work that I'm doing with the Discipleship Pathway, actually been uh, here recently, um, just over the last couple of weeks, putting together all the classes that I, w- that I would have taught on uh, campus um, are now subsequently <laughs> going to be happening through Google Classroom. So, oh, wow. um, yeah, trying to get everything done that way and then, you know, having to pre-record, excuse me, <laughs> pre-record some stuff. And, uh, and then also being able to actually do something live, uh, you know, whether I'm using Zoom or uh, Google Meets, um, 
which is essentially the same thing as uh, Zoom, but you can integrate that right into Google Classroom. So it's going to be interesting just to see like when this whole thing is over and we're able to all come back together, just hopefully how exciting it is just to really glorify the Lord through this whole thing you know, where you, sometimes you don't realize what you miss until you're without it. Do you know what I mean? Like, yep. oh, cause yeah. we've all been in, in particular routines and rhythms in life. And sometimes you can just really take things for granted and not really realize like how important certain things are uh, to you. So I really hope that like when we actually are able to gather together that, you know, everybody's just really just rejoicing and realizing like, wow, I've really missed my body. And this isn't something like online counseling or uh, being at home and worship is something that becomes the new norm for people, but right. more so just this temporary solution for now just to keep us connected. But then obviously with our heart to just to gather together, you know, afterwards. Yes, absolutely. Same thing with counseling. I think that's one of the things I've always avoided because in-person counseling is so vital in my opinion, just being together in the room and in person and, and what that looks like. And so, you know, some people only do online counseling and I think it's, it's a, it's a benefit for, for definitely specific situations, but shouldn't be the go-to, you know, like the, um, like, I guess the first. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Being in person. Um, I don't know. That's, you just, there is a greater connection, you know, doing the online has been wonderful, but I can't wait until in God's timing, I'm able to sit back down with the people that I love to, to minister to. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's cool too, Michael, I guess with you just getting really creative and learning all these new different platforms like Google Classroom and all that, right? To do your class. Yeah, it's it's been, um, actually, I, I enjoy it, you know, learning that stuff. And subsequently, it's allowed me to see um, just different opportunities, um, like in the way that, uh, that we do ministry with um, you know, just in the church context, you know, I mean, the the vital thing with uh, pulling off a Sunday, you know, Sunday morning or afternoon or what have you on a church service with all the ministry happening on Sundays, a lot of your leaders are serving or going to service. So it's hard for them to, you know, join classes and engage at that level because they're already you know, fully engaged doing things. And so being able to offer those things through, you know, an online platform and they can take it and, you know, do it whenever they need to, or for the parents who go into work, they're getting home, they're not putting kids to bed till eight, eight thirty, So they're not really available until eight, eight thirty. you know? And so them being able to use that time at, you know, after they put the kids down to um, go through a class and just learn. So it's, it's revealed a lot, like the way that we minister to people, especially when it comes to studying and learning God's word and just being able to do different studies. So kind of in a way, it's almost like it's put us in this context to where it's like we've become our own right now media, (laughs) you know, uh, right now media that, you know, has a lot of, you know, the pastors um, who produce a lot of content in their ministries, um, you know, shout out to right now media. But um, outside of that, I think this allows churches to produce things with in-house and not have to rely on stuff like that. And um, so it allows for a lot more leadership development, I think, in helping doing ministry and equipping the saints for the work of ministry in a different sort of way than, than we're used to thinking that we always have to be on the church campus to do ministry or something. So, you know, and then it comes back to as I'm learning and then just, you know, actually having the relational context to apply it, like in a community group, you know, so it's like I can be taught and and I can learn certain things, spiritual disciplines, theology, and all these different contexts to learn. But then I actually, you know, get into a smaller group environment and then I can actually apply what I'm learning through God's word. 
So it's it's changed some dynamics, I think, for sure. Um, so yeah, this this episode we're uh, we're just kind of riffing a little bit. We wanted to just take some time and and, and just talk about how the COVID nineteen has you know has simply just impacted life as we know it. Um, and for some, it has impacted everything that they know, from you know economically to familial context and just every way like it's completely altered their their way of living um and you know for some it, it will never go back to normal like it's a you know a, you know kind of what i've seen in the twitter sphere and other places just you know the what's happening with people during this time is you know the new normal you know people are trying to figure out the new normal and what yeah. that looks like and just realizing you know it kind of we wanted to talk about anxiety uh and fear today a little bit too because obviously you know in scope of the pandemic you know trying to find a new normal when it's pretty much around the idea of fear uh the level of uncertainty and the unknown and not knowing really kind of how having a grasp really, you know, outside of like, we understand the symptoms, but just like, is it airborne? Is it, you know, what's the extent of it being contracted and just, and yet we're still supposed to do life and work and support our families. And so there's obviously a level of understandable fear and anxiety and just trying to weather what this looks like uh, to find your new normal. But then there's that uh, going beyond that and, you know, getting to the point where people just become paralyzed. So kind of what we wanted to riff a little bit about uh, in, in this in this podcast. So Jeremy, any any initial thoughts? I know we kind of talked about how that's impacted, obviously, uh, your, your counseling and everything, but just personally, the impact that it's had on you. Yeah. So um, my family had to come to a new reality this week because my wife, who's an RN, she works in a very large hospital in downtown Fort Worth, and they completely transitioned her unit to a COVID-19 unit. Um, and she had to do some very brief training last week. And then Tuesday night was her first night, uh, to, to have to go in and, and work for 12 hours with people who were coming in, all of them having symptoms of COVID-19 and just to watch her struggle with, you know, over the weekend and on Monday, I, I don't know if she slept hardly at all. She was just really struggling because, um, you know, she's on the front lines, literally, putting her life on the line for the good of people. So our, our family has had to come to grips with, you know, just trusting God's providence and trusting God's sovereignty. Um, certainly recognizing, even as, as a biblical counselor, my own frailty toward getting a little overwhelmed with all of that as well, being uh, a little, a bit anxious for my wife. And then, um, and then she, she's just, she's a trooper and we're just holding tight to the faithfulness of God and his kindness. And we're going to pray that he would uh, protect her and use her to minister. Cause as a nurse, one of the, the beauties of my wife is she, she looks at that as a ministry. And so when she goes in there, her, her key uh, motivating factor is to love on the people that she's uh, serving. So if, if our, if our podcast family would keep Lynn in their prayers, uh, we would certainly appreciate that. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. I, I mean, I can't even imagine, you know, it's, it's one thing, you know, when we talk about trauma as post, but kind of like, mm -hmm as it's happening trauma, uh, yes. when you're still trying to process everything and the impact that it has in that context, you know, yeah, it is, man. It, it's, uh, it's something new to navigate. It's, uh, you know, it's not like working in the ER, right. Uh, mm -hmm. where you kind of have this general scope of things you're used to seeing, but it, you know, when yeah. you have this, uh, this abrasive invisible enemy, you know, 
um, that carries with it, you know, the symptoms of the flu that, you know, I mean, half of America could be having those symptoms. Right. And it's like, how do you choose and what's that process look like? So, yeah, I can't even imagine what it looks like in the, in the hospitals right now. But it's good that we have our, our faith. It's good to know that there's a faithful, loving God who's watching over all of this. And I don't know how people who don't have faith in, in Christ are doing this right now. Yeah, uh, because, and that actually, Jeremy, that reminds me of Proverbs, uh, Proverbs 12, 12, 25, anxiety in a man's heart weighs him down, but a good word oh. makes him glad. You know, for mm-hmm. those who don't have faith, what what is the good word? Where do they pull that from when their their entire reality and context, which is the world's ways, is just chaotic and, and complete in a complete frenzy, right? Um, That's correct. I don't know where you get your good word at. So there is no glad. There is nothing that surpasses that anxiety. So that anxiety continues to remain stronger than the good word, like in this, this verse here in Proverbs. Um, there's, you know, which is interesting, you know, because I mean, scripture kind of talks about that too you know, perfect love casts out fear and stuff like that, you know, and I'm not trying to spiritualize that, that verse, but I I think there's some application in this context with that, that, you know, it's, there's gotta be something more powerful than, you know, you know, if we entertain the idea of there's no such thing as neutrality, well, that's Mm. what, that's what anxiety works with. You know, there is, you know, if, if there's nothing stronger than the anxious heart and thought, you know, of a person, there's nothing that, that stronger that can cast that out Then I mean, yeah, they're a train wreck to your point. Like if you don't have faith man how, how in the world do you manage i mean legitimately yeah and one of the one of the promises that has really comforted me it's a, it's a passage that we've all known um and we've heard it over and over but in this time just reading it uh in a new location in in many ways uh romans 8 35 who shall separate us from the love of Christ shall mm. tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword as it is written for your sake we are being killed all the day long we are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered no in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us mm. for I'm sure that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. That's just become a really, you know, it's a a passage I've believed since I've been a Christian, um, but it really carries a a more powerful, beautiful weight given the tribulations that us as well as saints all across the world are facing right now. Yeah, that's good. It's, I mean, and again, that goes, you know, that pretty much encompasses everything COVID right now. You know that, I mean, mm-hmm. that, that scope of scripture and that word pretty much, yeah, tackles that big time. So that is a good, and again, that's a good word. So if, you know, we can reduce this to a, a, a verse or a book of the Bible or just God's word in its entirety, like mm-hmm. that's, that's the scope that we have to, to think through and try to apply to our hearts when, you know, anxiety and fear you know, given the current situation, try to reign supreme. So it's good. Shauna? Well, I just think about, you know, how I, I was like, ah, I don't, I, maybe I shouldn't watch the movies Outbreak and Contagion. And yet we ended up doing that as a family. It was more like education for me. <laughs> yeah. And they're actually both really good movies. I actually liked the old school movie Outbreak a little bit better, but it was interesting when you watch that movie, how when that little town got shut down, how people were responding and how they were acting. And, and you're looking at it 
you know, as someone who's in a safe, you know, room and you're watching the movie and you're going, man, these people are crazy. Like, why are they doing that? Just go back in your house, you know? And it kind of made it like real for a little bit about like what we're going through, obviously not to the extreme, but still something that we should take seriously. And I'm thinking, man, are, are people getting that crazy today? And then you start reading the news where people are getting stabbed and, and Costco and, and, you know, our son works at wow. Cabela's and he's saying people are in line to get ammo and guns and they've never sold so many guns and ammo right now. Wow. And you're like, okay, I I get it. Like people are, you know, actually Cabela shut down for a period and then they opened back up because people were, what were they saying? Their rights were taken away because they weren't able to purchase firearms and there's no other area that would do that. Did you know that? Wow. No, I have no idea. And so you're sitting here going, well, you know, I, I get it. There's, there's a part to where we definitely should you know, maybe think rational decisions and maybe that is a smart thing to do to, to get protection. Cause you don't know if someone's just going to, when you watch contagion, I remember it shows like people just breaking in people's houses and stealing their food. So you definitely want to make sure that you're protecting your family. But on the flip side, it's, it's just realizing like as believers that it's just so comforting to know that we, regardless of all of this stuff and how other people respond, that we have a God who's sovereign and who's in control and, um, and that, you know, that, he will provide and, and sustain us. And, and no matter what happens from a worldly standpoint that we know where our eternity is that mm-hmm. in itself, when you think about what the world can't offer and when pandemics like this things happen, my hope and encouragement to the believers out there is realizing like this is our time to respond differently, to live differently through this, like to allow mm-hmm. others to say, why are you not freaking out? Why are you so calm? Why are you sharing your limited amount of things? Why are you loving your neighbor, you know, greater than yourself? And 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 then we get to open up those conversations even from a distance of saying, well, this is why, you know, we're not the yeah. ones buying the whole buggy of toilet paper. Do you know what I mean? Like we get just as much that's needed. Um, and then we share that even, you know, and, um, and so I hope that, you know, all those across the States that are listening to this podcast, it just take a minute to reevaluate your actions and how you've responded during this and really just take that to the Lord and, you know, repent if, if there is any convictions, but realize this is our time to really, you know, to step up. And quite honestly, I'm, I'm saying that. And, and on the flip side, we've actually had some pretty amazing things too, that we've seen happen, right? How companies are coming together and, and changing, like losing their type of, of money in production to be able to make masks and um, all these types of things. And, and we're definitely seeing the church and all the things things that they're doing and how pastors are doing these uh, prayer nights through Zoom. And I mean, so we are definitely seeing how the body is coming together. So it's not to take away from that, but individually really using this time to realize that hundred percent things like this is going to cause anxiety and fear. But the thought process is more about when you're having those types of emotions and thoughts coming, how are you actually responding and what are you doing with that feeling of worry? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I love this quote by David Paulson. He says, worry assumes the illusion of control on things we aren't in control over. So yeah. remember, there's practical things that we are to do and our responses and actions. But 
realizing and reminding ourselves, maybe it's moment by moment throughout the day of ultimately who's in control. And also, I don't know if y'all thought about this, but quite honestly with Michael and I, we have certain irritabilities that have been coming out and um, responses and being, you know, locked in the house together for so long and where we're like, we high fived and hit this head force saying, oh, this is not going to be a problem for us. Like we got this. And before you know it, he's making corned beef, corned beef hash every single day for lunch and it's stinks so bad and I'm like why are you eating dog food like this is what it seems like and so I mean I know that it seems so simple but it was very frustrating and irritable and we you know there were certain things that we kind of you know started picking but then really kind of got frustrated with each other on and it's Mm -hmm. like wow times like this really allows certain things to surface you know and um and the and I'm sure parents I mean their rhythms have definitely been disrupted with with smaller kids our kids are grown and so it's a little different but um with smaller kids running around and not only do they have to work full-time if their job's allowing them to work from home but then they have to also manage the school and things that's going on with the kids. I can't even imagine how disruptive this has been for people's schedule. And then you add the fear of some who aren't able to work. How are we going to pay the bills? Mm. So there's so much of those types of anxieties and irritabilities and frustrations that can come about. And so the idea is to say, hey, even when we respond and it's not well, realizing that these things are coming to the surface and 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 maybe we have gotten too selfish or comfortable and, and or we're making our our particular routine more important than what our kids need right now. I think that there's a healthiness about it if we address it well and address it right away, you know? And um, and so hopefully, you know, those who are listening to this, if, if that's you, just be encouraged and realize that, hey, it's okay if you didn't respond well in this moment, but this is your time to walk out asking for forgiveness or going to the Lord in confession or being more dependent on the Holy Spirit to help you through this time that uh, brings so much um, uncertainties and, um, and things like that. So... I don't know if y'all have feedback for that, but um, that I think was... that's great. Yeah, that that's is. Neat. Yeah, go ahead, Jeremy. Well, I'm uh, just reminding folks Romans eight twenty eight twenty nine. We're all familiar with it. Mm-hmm. That God is using all things, everything in our lives to conform us into the image of Christ. That's the greater good. Yep. And so, what Sean is talking about there is really being very mindful and aware, moment by moment, like she said. Each because we have a lot of time now, <laughs> we're not distracted by a whole lot because uh, we're just confined. Um, but at the same time, we're, we're, we're not ultimately confined. We are still connected with the transcendent. We are still in this divine narrative where a holy God is working on our heart. So every response, uh, we're not going to get it right every time, obviously, but those are times to search our hearts, to, to ask ourselves the same questions that we often ask our, our counselees, um, in terms of what's, what's the driving motive, what's the driving treasure and the desire that, that um, fueled that irritating response or whatever it might be. So just be having a, a reminder that we're, we're living in this time. This isn't wasted time. This isn't something we just need to buckle down and, and wait till it's over. It's in these moments that Romans 8, 28, 29 are very much uh, alive. Yes, 100%. I love that. I love that, Jeremy, how you just reminded me and and obviously those who are listening that, hey, this isn't just a time to buckle down and get through, but realizing like what a vital time for us to really learn and grow 
Um, Mm -hmm. and because when we go through these types of situations, this is truly what builds our faith and our trust in the Lord and, uh, where we get to actually walk out hope and we get to experience God's peace. And, um, so, you know, for those who are listening and those who are helping others, just reminding them that, you know, worry is ultimately the joy stiller. And, you know, Mm. you're going to lose out on a lot of days and time if we're allowing our worry and anxiousness to paralyze us. Um, But realizing that, you know, these are the times that we really grow in that way. I love that. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, every day is a learning time with the Lord. And so don't waste this time. Um, You know, I actually thought about that this this morning as I woke up realizing how can I encourage those that I'm counseling that if they were to just really had all the faith and trust in the Lord of what's to come, so say a month or two months from now, and all things are kind of back to the new norm, um, and they look back on these two months, which is like now, right, March, April, maybe even May, and think, Mm -hmm. oh, man, look what the Lord has done in my life in these two months. Like, what would that look like? You know, there could be practical things where, wow, look how much of scripture I've read because I've had so much extra time, or wow, I've been Mm -hmm. able to catch up on all these videos that I've been wanting to watch, or wow, look at all this quality family time that we've had. I've really missed time with my family in this particular way. I never knew what it would look like to work from home and be with my kids in this way, or look how productive and organized I've gotten my home because I don't have an hour in traffic, but now I've gotten two two hours back there, you know, there and back, but I've been actually been able to invest in my home and into my family, you know, so there's all these extra things that the hope is saying when you look back at these two, three months or whatever this looks like, how can you really celebrate and, and love that you didn't allow worry to paralyze you, but you actually walked all like out in the love and trust that you have in God being sovereign and in control, that he's your refuge, he's your strength, he's your provider. Even when you can't see it, right, he's at work. And so knowing and trusting in that, how would you then walk out and live differently day by day? Um, I know that's an encouragement for me to be reminded to and I hope not only those listeners, but you can then multiply that and share that with those that you're counseling. Michael, you have any input on that? Yeah, just uh, as we as we close on this particular episode, I wanted to, along those same lines with Jeremy and your encouragement, just uh, first Peter, um, I think, you know, given again, the scope of everything that's happening kind of puts this in perspective, but first, uh, first Peter five, six, humble yourselves, therefore under the mighty hand of God, which again, going back to Jeremy's point on God's sovereignty that he's doing and accomplishing something through this time so that at the proper time he may exalt you. Verse seven, casting all your anxieties on him, or in this particular context, the, the word anxiety there is actually, it means care, right? could be, um, interpreted it as care. So casting all your care on him, uh, because obviously that that's what anxiety does produce at some level. It's, it's this hypersensitivity to your cares that's, you know, being perpetuated by your fear. But when God is your object of the fear, ultimately we can cast that anxiety or that care upon him because as the, as the verse concludes, he cares for us. He cares for you. And everything that we've been talking about, the newness that we've experienced, you know, spending time with our families, um, because a little bit before that verse um, where he's talking about, or excuse me, um, after this verse, just to kind of put this in context too, with when there's a lot of anxiety and fear going on around us, well, guess who's also at work? Verse eight says, be sober minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. Now, not to, you know, 
kind of get into the idea of suffering and different levels of suffering, but what we're experiencing in this, uh, Satan can be at work in this too. Um, even though God is sovereign over all of this, but we also know that he'll tackle our guards down. Well, right. right? That's what I'm saying is, mm-hmm. you know, when, when our fear is heightened because of all of this and that that's where I'm trying to posit this a little bit is making the proper distinction that, you know, in the, in the same way that God's at work in this, we also know that the enemy also likes to be at work when God's doing the work to thwart the work of God. And we just need to be mindful of that and focusing on the time with our families and looking in the, looking for the good, um, and the, and the excellent things that are happening and being produced through this, um, what was what I was You know, the idea too, is just remember that in our worry, it can be either destructive, it can be destructive worry, or it can be constructive concern. That's one of the ways that I've tried to break down and analyze kind of what my worry is. Like there are obviously things that people are walking through that are um, legitimate concerns, right? How am I going to pay the bills this month? And those are the things that you definitely have to, to pray for the Lord and what that looks like. But, but destructive worry is the kind where we're, it's dividing our, attention from our fulfilling our biblical responsibilities, right? Where we, we are trapped in that fear and doubt and avoiding and escaping the reality where we're, it's, it's almost, um, uh, paralyzing us, right? That's the destructive part of it. And so, you know, just remember how important, um, taking your, your thoughts captive and, and your feelings and remembering like Romans 12, two says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing, you may discern what is the will of God, what is good, acceptable and perfect. And, um, and so I hope that is an encouragement to those out there. Yeah, that's good. Good. Jeremy, any, uh, final thoughts before we wrap up? No, just really appreciate that wisdom. I think it's it's vital in this time. It's good. It's good. All right. So thank y'all for listening today, and uh, we we pray um, that you guys continue strong. Yep. We'll see you guys next time.